0: From our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is a gracious God to us, we have his grace and mercy. The word of God for meditation is the epistle lesson heard earlier in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. I will reread verse 9, but the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is God's word. (coughs) Dear children of God, do you know what a paradox is? One time, someone jokingly asked me that question, and I kind of looked at him, and he said, well, that's two ducks. anyway. A paradox is a statement which almost seems self-contradictory. The advertising agencies of businesses throughout the world seem to like the one that by sending money, by spending money you can save more. It doesn't make sense to me. Or, another one, here are the rules. There are no rules another one says says the second statement is false followed by the first statement is true think about that a little while But when we talk about paradoxes I also want you to seriously think about this one also which is part of the word of God for our meditation when I am weak then I am strong. As we look at this word of God for our meditation, we're going to see that our God is still gracious even when we are afflicted. All of you know what afflictions are. We have afflictions as far as physical, or spiritual, maybe emotional, financial, and grab another word that you might think of that ends in AL. Afflictions, they're common to all of us. When we have them, it's not necessarily very pleasant. Troubles come into our lives again and again. And they all started way back in the days following creation. Shortly thereafter, God had told Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. They ate of the tree. God told Satan, your head is going to be crushed. My son is going to do that. You will strike his heel." He spoke certain words of suffering that Eve would have to endure. And then he said to Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. For dust you are into dust you will return. In this word of God for our meditation, Paul says, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. What what that torment was we aren't told. I could pretty well imagine that if we had been in Paul's shoes, we would have said, Lord, why me? Did I do something to displease you to such an extent that I have to suffer this thorn in my flesh? Lord, how come this is happening? Well, very basically, when we think about this, keep in mind that God is always watching over us. There is never a time in our lives when he is not in control and that our God wants to come to us as his dear children and he wants to bless us. And when we look at this thorn in the flesh that Paul had, what a blessing. That doesn't make sense, does it? see, our God is always with us. He has promised, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He's always there. And and for Paul, too, in the word of God for our meditation, the Lord was with him at all times, even promising his grace. As we as children of God and as we mature in our faith, we will reach that stage of our life when we can say along with Paul who experienced many trials in his life that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. There's never a time in our lives when God isn't working for our good that he wants to bless us and we as children of God are not immune to suffering our Lord never promised us that that would be the case in fact probably just the opposite especially since well the devil is the Lord's enemy and if we're in the camp of our Lord then he wants to be our enemy also trying to lead us away from our Lord and Savior and in spite of all of our afflictions, afflictions with the, which the Lord himself might give to us or which he might permit Satan to inflict on us, our Lord is still gracious to us. In all things, he's working for our good. He doesn't leave us helpless, however. He gives us the opportunity and he says, Come unto me, all you worry, your burden. I will give you rest. He says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. What a comforting promise our Lord gives to us in our afflictions. What a beautiful assurance he says to us. And That's something that we need to be reminded of again and again in our lives. I will deliver you, he promises us. How gracious and kind our God is to us, even in our afflictions. And keep in mind to whom we're praying. We're praying to the one who, with his word, brought forth all the things in this world. He spoke and it happened creation of the world with a simple spoken word, let there be light. And he didn't even have to move his hand on a switch. It happened. Our God is almighty and it is to him that we can come with our prayers, with our petitions, with our concerns, even in our afflictions. And remember that, oh, he's so gracious to us. Not only is he almighty, yes, he has that, that power, but he's also very wise, much more so than we are. In fact, God in his word reminds us that he is able to do more than we can even imagine or think. And it is he who invites us to come to him. So much wiser than we are. Paul talks about having come to the Lord three times, asking that the Lord would remove this thorn in his flesh. I know that when we come to the Lord, we many times come to him with something specific in mind. Dear Lord, this is what I want you to do for me as though we're the captain and he's the private in our army. And we're the ones that hand out the command and say, Dear Lord, do this for me. And in reality, in his grace and mercy, he's so much smarter than we are. And in his grace and mercy, he doesn't always grant our prayers. I can't help but think of a little toddler seeing a bright, shiny object over there. Mommy, give me. And mom knows that she can't give that little shiny object to her child, to her toddler, because if she does, there's a chance that little toddler might pop it in his mouth and choke on it. And so what does the little child do? starts crying, Mommy, Mommy, give me. Prayed once. Well, that's actually the second time. And Mommy says no. And Mommy takes that little shiny object and puts it away so the toddler can't see it. Oh, Mommy, please! That's the third time the child cries. And finally the child comes to the realization that, well, guess what? I might as well think about something else. Our Lord many times has to treat us as toddlers. He doesn't always give us what we want. But he does give us his grace, his surpassing grace. First of all, the knowledge that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul didn't always know Jesus as his Savior. He persecuted Christians. He had some executed, others he had thrown into prison. Later on, when he found out who Jesus was, oh, how overwhelmed he was. The grace and mercy that his Lord and Savior had, that he was willing to forgive Paul. Paul realized that everything he had was a gift from his loving Lord and Savior. The wisdom that he had, I'm talking about Paul now, a very intelligent man. He knew the Old Testament better than the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day. He even knew the philosophers and their wisdom. Very intelligent. Given to him, that wisdom by the grace of God. He knew that his very life was a gift from God. He also knew that the sufferings that he had to endure we're from his loving father in heaven. We don't always recognize that that our lives are so intertwined with our heavenly father. We as children of God find it difficult to rejoice in suffering. We don't always realize The divine plan that our Lord has for us, as well as His grace and wisdom behind what He gives us. We don't always rejoice in our suffering. We certainly don't boast about them, usually. Talk about boasting boasting usually is done to draw attention to oneself. What I've done, what I've accomplished, or what members of my family are like and oh the wonderful things they've accomplished in their life. I kind of smile to myself whenever grandma comes along with her thick little folder or binder and she starts opening it up and showing her grandchildren I usually call it, oh, this is your brag book. Oh, yeah. She's proud of her grandchildren, and rightfully so. Nothing wrong with that. Paul boasted, yes, a lot. But when he talked about boasting, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, and by the way, if you look at chapters 10 and 11 of 2 Corinthians, you have a long list of Paul's boasting. I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. But he'd rather boast in the Lord. And that's what he did. We look at what our Lord has done for us. He's forgiven us all of our sins. Wow, what a reason to boast. He's made us his children in holy baptism. And through our lives, he's watched over us, guarding and protecting us. He's assured us that one day he'll take us to heaven through faith in him not anything that we've done by ourselves, not with our might, not with our strength, but because of everything he's done. Again, looking at this word of God. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, <clears throat> then I am strong. There's that paradox. Paradox. When I am weak, when I come to my Lord with absolutely nothing in my hands, when I come to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me, when I come to him bowing my head and pounding my chest and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I am so weak, I can't do anything that isn't tainted with sin, O Heavenly Father. When I am weak, then I am strong. Because then my Lord comes to me and says, I've forgiven you. You're my child. You will live with me in heaven someday. You're going to hear that later also when you take the Lord's Supper. So, my dear children of God, you want to boast, yeah, boast in the Lord. maybe even boast in your suffering. I once knew a man who had multiple sclerosis. <clears throat> in a conversation that I heard him with another individual in the congregation, he said to that other individual, as the other individual said, oh, I'm so sorry that, that you have this affliction. And he said, the lord's pruning me so that i may be able to praise my glory and glorify my lord all the more so in your affliction turn to the lord in prayer and remember that even then in your affliction he is still gracious to you amen